good morning, everybody. My name is, hey, hi, good morning. That's so fun. My name is Val, and I am very excited to be up here with you all today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so the last several weeks, we've been going through a series called Who Are We?, which that beautiful video just gave us a little excitement into. And each week, we've been learning about each of the different core beliefs, core pillars of who we are as Love Chapel Hill. And if you haven't had a chance to listen back to them, I recommend it. Um, each, each week it's been really awesome, I think, to hear from different people from our church about different aspects of our church. I think about when you go to college or you move somewhere new or start a new job and you introduce yourself a bunch of times and you say your name and where you're from and what you do and that all feels kind of meaningless um, until you finally get to know somebody and understand what those different things mean for them. So I've been really grateful for the time that we've spent getting to know Love Chapel Hill and getting to understand those different aspects of our church. We've learned about intentional incarnation and reckless love and courageous generosity and optimistic grace. And today I'm excited for us to learn about radical hospitality. Let's go. Come on. We're excited for it. So when we think of radical hospitality, probably you have some pictures in your head of people who have shown this to you or, or times that you have experienced radical hospitality. You might be thinking of someone who went above and beyond to take care of you or who made you feel welcome in their home. If you're not thinking of Vicki Stocking, then you have not met my mom. So you need to because she is a picture of radical hospitality. Hey, mom. <laughs> so... Our church's website has radical hospitality defined as where the rejected are embraced, the outsiders are the insiders, and the forgotten are the first thought. Those who have no other place in this world find their place with us. So why is radical hospitality part of who we are at Love Chapel Hill? I think if we want to love Chapel Hill with the heart of Jesus— like our name suggests we do, that we can't do that without embracing the rejected, the outsiders, and the forgotten. Radical hospitality is a practical way of bringing heaven down to earth and making earth more like the kingdom of God. I think it's showing Jesus' love through human connection and service. And I'm excited for us to learn more about that together today. So I have a couple of examples of what radical hospitality looks like in the Bible. The first one that we're going to talk about is from Luke chapter 10. It's the story of the Good Samaritan, and it might be familiar, but we're going to go ahead and, and look at it together. So starting in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man. He passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, which comes out to about two days' worth of, of wages, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in, into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So where is the radical hospitality here? I think there are a few details that might be useful to help us understand. The first is that we can use context clues like Jesus' Jewish audience and the mention of the road from Jerusalem to Jericho to assume that the man who's traveling is a Jew, which is important. People care about, about that kind of thing. And the first two men who pass him, a priest and a Levite, are both from Jewish leadership groups. So they would supposedly understand the heart of God. They are not interested in the difficulty of helping the wounded man. There's a chance that they were afraid of becoming too close and becoming unclean by being close to a wounded man as they are leaders in, in their faith. So the third man to pass is a Samaritan. The Samaritans were not like the Jews. They were half Jew, half Gentile. And we know from Jesus' conversation with the woman at the well in John chapter 4 that Samaritans and Jews do not interact with each other. So now we have these details in mind. Where is the radical hospitality here? We see that the Samaritan went above and beyond to take care of the wounded man. We see that he gave his time, his resources, his care, and money. He was trusting of the innkeeper, shout out to the innkeeper for being involved in this, and he included someone else for help. This was not an easy thing for the Samaritan to do, but he opted to do it. Sometimes radical hospitality doesn't feel easy, but we can do it when we let other people in. Jesus is using this example to show us that the Samaritan was practicing radical hospitality. He went beyond societal limits to take care of someone who needed it. What makes this radical is that he does it for a complete stranger. The Samaritan cared for the wounded man without expecting anything in return. He didn't ask questions or justify what he was doing. He just took care. 
it makes me wonder what the expert in the law who's challenging Jesus, what he would have done. It makes me wonder what I would have done. Jesus is giving us an opportunity with this story to think, who is my neighbor? Is it just the people in my neighborhood? Is it the people that I meet when I'm walking my cool dog, Paul Bunyan? Is it the people in my Buy Nothing Facebook group who I share my leftover things with and I, and I enjoy <laughs> meeting these new friends? Who do you consider as your neighbor? One thing that I love about this story with Jesus is that in the beginning of it, he tells this expert in the law that eternal life and loving God are not separated from practicing radical hospitality, that they go together like a breath in and out. No wonder it's a part of our makeup as a church here at Love Chapel Hill. So we have the Good Samaritan as the, the first example from Scripture that Jesus gave us um, as he was teaching. The second example I have is when Jesus himself demonstrates radical hospitality. It's from John chapter 3, which we just read this week at the story on Tuesday. If you haven't joined yet or even thought about joining yet, I do highly recommend Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. We enjoy time together. We enjoy reading scripture together, talking about it, being together. It totally rocks. And this week we talked about John 3, which also totally rocks. So I'm just going to read the first two verses of this, of this chapter, and, and we'll talk about where the radical hospitality is. So chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So I know that this is just a couple of verses, but I want to point out that there is radical hospitality right here that Jesus is showing us. John is showing us through the, these verses that Jesus welcomes Nicodemus in as he was. Jesus and Pharisees don't often mix very well. Um, the Pharisees didn't really like Jesus. Jesus wasn't really about what the Pharisees were about, which was religious gatekeeping, and, and they were in charge of a lot of things and didn't always reflect what Jesus was about. So the fact that a Pharisee approaches Jesus and Jesus lets him in is showing us radical hospitality. Jesus didn't try to fix or change Nicodemus he didn't try to make him feel bad about being a Pharisee, but he opened the door and they were able to have a really great conversation. As the passage goes on in John chapter 3, we learn more about who Jesus is and who Nicodemus is and how vast Jesus' love is for us. In John three sixteen, which is a verse that may sound familiar to some of us, Jesus says that God so loved the world that he gave his son. The world is a lot of neighbors. It changes my idea of who a neighbor is and who my neighbor is. As Jesus and Nicodemus are talking, I love how Jesus talks about the light and how the light exposes the darkness. 
He says that people sometimes are afraid of the light because they don't want to be exposed. But when I think of that, I think of Jesus as the light and this warm and inviting and welcoming presence so that when we are exposed to him, we can experience that, that warmth and that welcoming. So we have our example of the Good Samaritan. We have our example of Jesus himself modeling radical hospitality when he opens his home to Nicodemus. And I think these two examples from the Bible shed some light on what radical hospitality looks like. So we're in a series about who are we. So what does radical hospitality look like at Love Chapel Hill? We can talk about just our Sunday mornings. A few things come to mind. The first is that the varsity is, on, is in a location that is recognizable and reachable so that anybody could come in. There's a warm and dry place to sit when you come inside. There's breakfast served to make sure that everyone is fed. There's coffee outside for anybody who is walking by, whether they're walking in to come to church or they're just on a walk on Franklin Street. The coffee is, is there for them to enjoy. And there are people here to connect with. In both of the stories in the Bible, there is no radical hospitality without the human connection. The food and the shelter don't make the hospitality, but the people who put it out and take care of those who come to get it do. So how do we continue practicing this radical hospitality? As part of Love Chapel Hill, what can we do to keep this as a part of who we are? First thing you can do is serve on the hospitality team. We have a whole team for it. <laughs> you can be, yeah, if you're on it, that's awesome. We love it. We love a little claps for the hospitality team. You know Vicky's talking's on it. <laughs> and you can be the ones who are setting out the food, and you can be a smiling face for somebody at the varsity. You can be part of the reason why somebody feels at home when they come here. If you want an opportunity outside of the Sunday morning experience to practice radical hospitality, our service team is in the process of creating a database of organizations in our Love Chapel Hill community and beyond that we can partner with and that we can serve. Whether it's as an individual on your own looking for an opportunity to serve or in a small group or in your discipleship band, there are all kinds of ways, and we will soon have access to this whole list of ways that we can keep radical hospitality as part of a regular practice for each of us. Another way that you can participate in the radical hospitality is if you are a dreamer, talk to Justin about the dream that we have of a love house in downtown Chapel Hill of a front porch and a living room and a kitchen of Chapel Hill and of Love Chapel Hill as another way to extend radical hospitality to our community. So as much as I love talking about things we can do, I love that radical hospitality is incredibly practical. Sometimes we also have to receive it. 
it's important to know that sometimes we are more like the wounded traveler needing care. Sometimes we are more like Nicodemus and we need a door to be open for us. Jesus himself had to receive radical hospitality a lot. He and his disciples did not have a big house where they could open up the doors whenever they felt like hosting. As they traveled and as Jesus was teaching, they had to receive the hospitality of those who were in those areas. So it's important for us to keep in mind how special it is to have the opportunity to extend radical hospitality, but how also special it is to receive that when it's presented to us. When I wonder who is our neighbor at Love Chapel Hill, I'm so grateful to be part of a community that values radical hospitality like we do. I'm so thankful to be connected with people here who model it for me and who extend it to me. Earlier this week, I met with Justin to review my sermon, ask my questions, get some tips, go over notes, all those kinds of things. And in our conversation, we were sharing our heartbreak at the shooting on Pritchard Ave at University Gardens on Tuesday. It happened right before we were gathering for the story. And Justin and I were sharing the weight we were feeling as we were in our meeting together. And in our sadness, as we were talking and I shared how I felt like everyone at University Gardens was my neighbor because they're in my buy nothing group. I was so grateful when Justin said, and in his response to this sadness, he said, how can we get flowers for everyone in that complex? And that is the kind of response that reflects what this community at Love Chapel Hill is about. And if you're good at organizing, let's talk about how to get flowers to everyone at University Gardens who is mourning and who is afraid after last Tuesday. I love having chances to love our neighbors together. So what is radical hospitality? It is part of who we are because it is part of who Jesus is and the way that he lived his life here on earth and the way that he wants us to live our lives now. Justin is going to come up and share communion with us. And as we shift into that, let's take some time to reflect on what a wonderful way to wrap up a message about radical hospitality than to think of the invitation that Jesus extends to all of us to join him at the table. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Val. Well done leading us in the heart of radical hospitality, why we do what we do. It strikes me the radical part of that. That how beauty comes from ashes 
is that seeds break through the ground of tragedy, of trials, of pain and sorrow. And how radical hospitality reaches into the places of our pain, into the places of our uncertainty, of our worry, our places of feeling lost. And it's a hand reached out that is welcoming here. And it strikes me that Jesus, right, on the night that he is about to be betrayed, he is in a place where he can sit at a table with his disciples who really don't know the full extent of what is about to happen, but he does. And in that place, he prepares a table for his disciples to experience again the welcoming, loving embrace that he has for them. As in Psalm 23, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And doesn't Jesus go to that place as he invites us to this table again today? That in the most radical of ways, he would lay his life down that we might have it to the fullest that as we take of the bread and the cup, we really receive his hospitality for us, his hospitality that invites us out of this world and into the kingdom. This world is not our home. We belong to a kingdom that is coming a place where wrongs are made right, where tragedy is turned to triumph. And so wherever you are in your journey today, Jesus invites you into this kingdom. And whether for the first time or for the hundredth time or thousandth time that you come to this table, this is a means of grace to remember what he has done, to know that he has made a way for us to have life to the full. So we invite you to come today. I'm going to invite you to come down to the side here. Beth and Doug are ready to serve us. They're going to tear off a piece of the bread and hand it to you. You can dip it into the cup and receive it. Or you can take it back to your seat just take this time to reflect where you are, where God is meeting you today. If you need a gluten-free option, that is here available as well. Um, it's just on the table right down front. So we invite you to come, taste and see that the Lord is good.